Hello friends, my name is Todd Martin and I'm the pastor at Smithville Mennonite Church and happy Mother's Day to all those moms who may be listening. God bless you for being who God made you to be. I want to let you know that I am finishing my series in Philemon today on this broadcast, but I hope you will join me today at 1030, that is because it's Sunday, Mother's Day, online or in our worship service for a Mother's Day message you won't want to miss. I will give you a little more information on that after this message. So let's begin with prayer. O Lord, let there be more of you and less of me. Through Christ I come. Amen. Well, the title of today's message is The In-Betweener. The In-Betweener. Now, for the last two weeks, I've been talking about critical Christian conversation key concepts as we've opened the powerful pint-sized book of Philemon. I've attempted to reveal two key concepts so far. The first was we must see the good in people if we want to have critical conversations with them. Philemon, if you recall, was a slave owner, yet Paul could see good in him and say it to the glory of God. Can you see good in others, especially those you might be in conflict with? Then last week, we talked about how relationship with Jesus is everything when it comes to critical conversations. We must have mutual relationship with God and his people that hold us together. When the time comes to ask for change, it is our faith in God and the power of the Holy Spirit that keeps us on the same page, moving together towards what we want to do in love instead of what we ought to do by the law. This transformation can take us from useless to useful, from bad to better. That's the power of relationship, and that's what we talked about in last week's message. We finish this bitty book of the Bible today with the third side of the coin. Now, this is where you might say, wait a minute, there's only two sides of the coin, isn't there? Well, hopefully, in critical conversations that involve Christians, there's always three sides. Your side, my side, and then God's side. We must see in every critical situation that births a critical conversation, there is a side we can't fully see or understand. This is where we need God's perspective. But how do we get God's perspective? How do we see that third side? Friend, let me tell you, God will always give us someone to share that side with us. I call them the in-betweener. Now, a more dignified word would be an advocate. It's someone who can help us see more than we can see on our own. It's a person who loves us enough to step in the middle of our mess and help us get through or even out of it. 
I thank God for the in-betweeners that have helped me make it along the way. These are Holy Spirit-driven people who are literally the body of Jesus. We need to see, hear, and touch. But friend, here's the great part. Here's the part that I want you to really know. And that is God is calling you to be that person, to be that in-betweener, to be that advocate for someone else. And why? This is our key concept number three in the series. Key concept number three, if you want to write this down, it's sort of the point of the message. Everyone needs an advocate in critical conversation. Everyone needs an advocate in critical conversation. Another way to say it, everyone needs an advocate or to be an advocate in critical conversation. So you either need one or you need to be one. Now I'm going to ask you to open your Bibles to the little tiny book of Philemon. We've been there for the last three weeks, but maybe you're just joining us today. If that's the case, you need to know that little book is in the back of your Bible. But the problem is you might be sitting there right now and you don't even have a Bible. Friend, at the end of this broadcast, I'm going to tell you how I'm going to get you a Bible. If you need one, you can read and understand. For now, though, I hope you're in the book of Philemon. I'm starting in verse 17 in the book of Philemon. Verse 17. If you want to read uh, along with me, I think that would be great. So let's begin. So if you consider me a partner... Welcome him as you would welcome me. If he has done you any wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. Verse 19. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. I will pay it back, not to mention that you owe me your very self. Here in verses 17 through 19, what I hope you catch is an advocate will cover you. An advocate will cover you. And then I would ask you to reflect on a question like, who has paid your bill? Who is someone who's come alongside you and helped you out or maybe even paid a bill for you? And then if you want to go to the next level, who is someone's bill you can pay? Who is someone who needs an advocate in your life right now that you could be that advocate? Of course, we're talking about Onesimus, the escaped slave, who is now living with Paul, and Paul is reaching out to Philemon, his old master, because Onesimus is in a bit of a mess. He's in a situation he can't get out of himself. Have you ever found yourself in a situation you can't get out of? I recall taking a group of young adults to a place called Vulture's Knob. It's a very technical mountain bike trail that you're almost guaranteed to wreck on. It's got stuff like riding on the trail straight down a steep hill, and then at the bottom of a hill is a sharp turn with a tree right in front of it. Or a deep gully with a log that you cross that's hollowed out, but it's hollowed out in such a way that you can't pedal. So you have to have enough momentum when you go to cross it or plop, you go in to the ravine. 
So I came up on one of our gang and he had wrecked. And to this day, I still can't figure out exactly how his body became so tangled up in his bicycle. But I had to stop and get the bike off of him. I asked him how long he had been there and he said he wasn't sure. But he knew he wouldn't have gotten out without some help. Friend, again, this is Onesimus. He is stuck. As a runaway slave, he needs someone to untangle him from this mess that he has made. Now, thankfully, Jesus stepped in and saved his soul and made him his child. Jesus was the original in-betweener. He was the one who helped him to be a new man. But what if there's still some old baggage to deal with? What if there's still old bills to pay? I want to get a little deep with you. Did you know that choosing to follow Jesus doesn't remove all the consequences of what we did before we followed him? Now, I do believe beyond a shadow of a doubt, Jesus will give us the courage and strength and patience that we never had before we were with him. He will allow us to be humbled beyond our own abilities so we can handle dealing with some of these consequences. But then I believe God will also give us an in-betweener to help us deal with those consequences. I remember being fresh out of college and living on my own. I It was the first time I faced paying taxes. Now, up until that point in my life, my parents had paid taxes and I, I hadn't a clue. So I paid nothing for a whole year. Then tax time came. And a friend said to me, did you do your taxes? And I said, what taxes? Oh, friends, I was so clueless. Then this friend, who also did taxes, offered to do my taxes. Later, he came to talk to me, and he had me sit down and gave me a three-lesson education. Lesson number one, every working adult pays taxes. Lesson number two, young single guys pay shockingly high taxes. And lesson number three, he would give me a zero-interest loan to help me pay my taxes. You see, he was my in-betweener. He stepped in between me and the IRS. Now, that's an advocate. You see, he covered me. Paul, as Onesimus' advocate, is reminding Philemon of his own debt and how Jesus was his in-betweener. Now, Paul is Onesimus' in-betweener on behalf of of Jesus. Oh, friends, this is what Jesus did for all of us. He paid a debt we couldn't. He went to the cross and paid the bill for you and me and really the whole world. He got in between us and sin, the devil and hell, and said, no, you are no longer a slave. You are my brother, my sister. You are not owned. You are adopted. He paid a debt we never could. He paid it in full, zero interest to you and me. He paid the bill before we were even born because that's how much he loves us. This gives us something we desperately need that is revealed in the next few verses. Listen to verse 20 through 22. I do wish, brother, 
that I may have some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I write to you knowing that you will do even more than I ask. Verse 22. And one more thing. Prepare a guest room for me because I hope to be restored to you in answer to your prayers. Verses 20 through 22. Catch this. An advocate has hope to share. An advocate has hope to share. Friend, who gives you hope? And to who do you need to share hope with? Here's what an in-betweener does. He gives hope. He is, in fact, hope personified. He or she, I should say, is hope personified. All through my life, I've found myself in various situations where I'm facing a hopelessly lonely abyss. I see isolation and loneliness ahead and I pray, oh Lord, just give me someone. And he always has. I've had so many people over the years be the very presence of God to me and give me hope. It's overwhelming. God has always given me hope in the form of people. After my brother died, back in 1989, I was at Goshen College and fell into a pit of grief-filled depression, and I was drowning in hopelessness. I couldn't get out on my own. God brought me into my uh, self in such a way that he revealed a campus life pastor to me. Her name was Martha Smith Good. And I was able to talk with her. And then she referred me to a campus counselor named Russ Lichty. These people stood between me and my depression. You see, I had gone so far into myself that I couldn't get out on my own. I needed advocates for me to get healthy again. And these people gave me the tools that I could crawl out of my depression. How did they do that? Primarily by giving me hope. Hope that I wasn't alone. Hope that the pain would lessen. Hope that I could make it. Hope that I would see my brother again. This is the difference between Christian counseling and other counseling. Christian counselors can give you the hope for eternity. Hope that I could finish my year at college. Hope that my family would recover. Hope is the only thing more powerful than fear if you focus on it. This is what Paul does. He calls out hope for the future and that he will get a benefit or a blessing from Philemon. That's hope. He hopes he will do even more than what he asks. Then he hopes to have a room to stay in when he comes to see him. Friends, you need to know at that point, Paul is in a Roman jail. He's, he's not even free, but he has hope that he will go visit Philemon. Do you have hope? Friend, do you have a little hope you can share with someone else? Have you had people help you out of the pit? Have you had people that stepped in between you and whatever was holding you back and helped you move forward in hope? 
oh, I hope after you listen to this message, you'll write him a note and say thank you. Or you'll uh, call him up and say, thank you for giving me hope. While I was doing this sermon, uh, I actually looked up Russ Lichty and I found out that he just passed away. It was too late for me to say thanks again for giving me hope. So I sent a note of encouragement to his family, who's probably grieving right now. You can offer hope, and I think you should offer hope to someone today if you have some to share. Now we're going to finish up with this last section of verses, verses 23 through 25. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner, in Christ Jesus, sends you greetings. And so do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke, my fellow workers. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Finally, what I hope you catch from verses 23 to 25, an advocate has a network. An advocate has a network. Are you connected to that network that can help you be a better in-betweener? Friends, those are three things that we've talked about. An advocate will cover you. An advocate has hope to share. And then finally, an advocate has a network. In other words, they have people that they can plug you into. They have people that you can be a part of their network as well. Paul has included these names at the end of his letter, as he often does. But this letter is different. This is a plea for freedom and love for an escaped slave. These men listed were likely also aware of Onesimus' precarious situation. They could be as well a witness for the change that Onesimus had experienced. They, too, might be praying for this relationship to be changed from slave to brother, from slave owner to brother. They, too, are being in-betweeners, advocates. I told you that I listened to Adventures in Odyssey last week that had a dramatic telling of the story of Philemon. And I think you should go check it out. Uh, Just go Google Adventures in Odyssey and then find the one on Philemon. And they concluded with some things that I found very interesting. And then in my study for the sermon, I also found them in the Enduring Word commentary that you can find online. Now I'm going to quote from the Enduring Word commentary. The conclusion of this letter can lead us to ask, why is the letter of Philemon in our Bibles? In AD 110, the bishop of Ephesus was named Onesimus. And it could have been the same man. If Onesimus was in his late teens or early 20s when Paul wrote this letter, he would have been about 70 years old in AD 110. And that's not an unreasonable age for a bishop in those days. There is also some historical evidence that the letters of Paul were first gathered as a group in the city of Ephesus. Perhaps Onesimus first compiled the letters and wanted to make sure his letter, his charter of freedom, was included. End quote. Can you imagine that? 
Onesimus, it's very possible, would have rose up and become a leader in the church, which helped him become free, which established an, a relationship of brotherhood between he and his former slave master. Oh, friends, this is what Jesus does. Now, we all have critical conversations. And I hope we can hold these keys that we have covered over the last three weeks together when we have these critical conversations or maybe even before we have them. Remember critical key number one from the first week. There's good in everyone and we must see it and say it to start with. Critical key number two. Our relationship with each other in Jesus is everything. And then what we covered today Everyone needs advocates or in-betweeners to help in critical conversations and God will supply them for us. This is what he did for Onesimus with Paul. And this is what he does with Jesus and us. Just like Paul appealed for Onesimus's freedom, so Jesus appeals for ours and we should appeal for others. We no longer need to be slaves to sin. In Jesus, we can be free and help others to be free. We no longer need to be slaves of fear or death. In Jesus, we can be free because he was the great in-betweener for us. Oh, that we might be free even today. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, I thank you for this wonderful letter that you have preserved for us in the Bible. Lord, the very words of, of challenge and freedom that come through, I thank you for the word of God. I thank you for Philemon. I thank you for Paul and for Onesimus. And so I pray for those who may be out there, who could be an advocate, who could be an in-betweener, would you give them the courage and the strength to do that for someone else? Lord, again, I thank you uh, that you hear us when we pray. And so I just pray now that you would help us to be all you want us to be. Especially if you're calling us to be an advocate for someone else. Lord, help us to be faithful today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, thanks again for listening to this message. I want you to know that if you need a Bible or someone to pray with, feel free to reach out to me, Todd Martin, at Smithville Mennonite Church. Our phone number is 330-669-3601. And I'll give it to you one more time. 330-669-3601. And I would remind you again that we do have a wonderful Mother's Day message in our service today, Mother's Day uh, 2021 at 10.30. And you can join us at 6097 Akron Road. Again, that address is 6097 Akron Road or online at smc585.org. And then you just click on the live stream button. I hope you'll join us one way or another. One way or another. So until we meet again, May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you 
and give you peace. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. To finish our time together, I'd like to share a a little song that I just think is wonderful. It's by a group called Casting Crowns called Love Moved First. And I think it's an anthem for anyone who wants to be an in-betweener or an advocate. I hope you're blessed as you listen to this song. Love made the first move.